Wednesday, March 7, 2018. This is Born to Battle, brought to you by the Department of Veterans Affairs. I am your host, Marine Corps veteran Timothy Lawson. March kicks off Women's History Month, and it also kicks off an initiative put on by the Center for Women Veterans here at VA called the Women Veteran Athletes Initiative. The center is spotlighting and recognizing 10 women athletes uh, through a number of ways. One of the ways being the Veterans Portrait Project, founded by Air Force veteran Stacy Persall, who is taking a photo of the athletes, and those photos will be on display uh, at certain facilities around the United States. Uh, other ways they will be recognized is through blogs and then, of course, through this podcast. This week and for the next three weeks, we'll be talking to a women veteran athlete about their service, about their transition, and about being an athlete, how rewarding they find it, and other aspects of their life. This week, we're going to talk to Bernadine Donato. She's a veteran of the United States Navy and Air Force. She is down in North Carolina. She participates in weight training, running, cycling, Zumba. She likes hiking. She likes rucking. Uh, Her and I talked about a number of different activities she enjoys, but uh, she is a leader of the Team RWB Durham chapter. Uh, She's also an artist, uh, and she is a very active and very passionate person. I know you're really going to enjoy this this interview. Uh, It's possibly one of my favorites that I've done uh, in recent history. Uh, So Bernadine Donato, Navy and Air Force veteran, enjoy. There are nearly 2 million women veterans who served and deserve the best care anywhere. VA is dedicated to meeting the unique needs of all women veterans. VA offers comprehensive primary care and women's health specialty care. Women veterans who are interested in receiving care at VA should call the Women Veterans Call Center at 855-VA-WOMEN or contact the nearest VA Medical Center and ask for the Women Veterans Program Manager. Visit www.va.gov slash womenvet. All right, Bernadine Donato, uh, U.S. Navy and Air Force veteran. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, Bernie, we we start every interview with the same question because there's one thing that all of us veterans have in common, and that's the decision to join the United States military. Bring us back to that day for you. You know, I can never really pinpoint what finally made me get off the couch and go do it. But I did know when I joined in December of 74, I was in a job that um, I just felt totally unstimulated with. And and I just thought that there was a lot more to life than this. And I was basically committing spiritual suicide. So I actually got in my car and I found a Navy recruiter and joined up. We have a long history of Navy people in my family. Okay. And uh, you you initially joined the Navy and then also ended up in the Air Force. How how did that uh, transition happen? Okay, so I was actually, I, I joined up in the Naval Nurse Corps. I joined up about a year after I graduated from college. Um, spent five and a half years active duty and then got kind of restless again. And I transitioned into inactive reserves. After a year or two out, I kind of felt like I really missed the military, missed the camaraderie, 
I miss the way people work together. So I accidentally found the Air National Guard, tried to join up as an airplane mechanic because I had an airplane mechanic license. They found out I'd been a nurse and one thing led to another and I ended up joining the, it was actually the California Air National Guard as a flight nurse on C-130s. Interesting. To, tell me tell me about a close friend or a great leader that you had in the military. You can choose either one, but tell me about that person. Um, the first one that comes to mind, I, when I was a young Navy nurse, we had a supervisor. She was a Navy commander, and her name was Lois Jean Butler. And Lois Jean Butler was kind of hard charging, and, and when you first get to know her, she was actually pretty scary. But what I realized from him is she always supported us as nurses. She was always there for us. My first traumatic event when a 36-year-old um, um, Navy sailor died in front of me. He looked at me, and says, I think I'm going to die. And he did. And it was extremely traumatic for me. And she really, with a firm hand, um, helped kind of lead me through that trauma. But she was a pretty amazing lady. And I was blessed to have her in two of my duty stations. Yeah, very cool. Um, the the name, of, the name of the program is Born the Battle. And we know not every veteran sees literal combat, but um, – you know, bring us to a, an experience that you had of difficulty or adversity, um, somewhere where you had to face a challenge and how you dealt with it. I would, I would probably bring up the um, in, in, a couple incidents I had while serving in Operation Desert Storm. So I deployed to Desert Shield, came home. My, my brother died while I was home and then deployed back on Title 10 orders to Operation Desert Storm, ended up 30 miles uh, south of the Iraqi border, and I was the officer in charge of 14 other crew members and flight crews for medical flight crews are two nurses and three med techs. So I had three flight crews with me and dealing with dealing with the, not only dealing with yourself in a war zone, but dealing with all their everyday problems, problems. And, and it doesn't necessarily sound significant to other people, but when you're in a zone and you have 14 people that are either unhappy, they're fighting among each other. Um, and I think an incident I can think about is I found out that one of my captains was kind of undermining me behind my back that that um, she told people I said it was OK to do whatever it was at the time, like take the truck and go into town. Um, and when, in fact, I didn't. And the way I had to deal with it is I had to sit down and, and just talk to her about that and how dangerous it was to Number one, for me not to know where anybody was, and number two, to go out in a town in the middle of a war. Yeah. What? Um, so you got out of the Navy, got a little restless, went into the Air National Guard, um, and then uh, retired out of there. How was your transition when you, when you realized you were done with the military? How did, how did you handle that transition? No, one day I just said, I think it's time. And I was actually waiting. And, and a lot of it is because after I served in Desert Shield and Desert Storm, and and even though it was, quote, a short war, and I consider it the second, uh, second forgotten war, everything changes when I came back. Um, priorities change, and, and you, you get a new outlook on things. And so I came back in 1991, and um, I would have hit my good 20 years in 1999. And I think I was just never, never quite 
as enthusiastic as I was before, though I always did my best. So what I decided to retire when I, when I got that 20 year letter, which means that all your benefits are set in place and you can leave. And I decided to retire then, and I was okay with that. Um, but transition wise, it was, it was, there really was no transition. It's, it, it was very political at that time. And, and there was not even really a formal goodbye from the people in the squadron. It was like there you were one day and the next day you were not. I actually threw myself, threw myself a retirement party and invited <laughs> all my really close, all my close friends and all in some of the other squadrons because there were 14 squadrons. And uh, so that was a great time. And when I drove home, cause I live 85 miles from the unit, I felt okay. When I didn't feel okay is, the next drill, a month later, they asked me to come up. And what I didn't know is they were presenting me a meritorious service medal and an Air Force Accommodation Medal. And that, I felt the loss when I left that day. Yeah. So you, you're you a, uh, you're a, um, a leader inside of Team RWB. Um, we've, you know, we've talked to a couple people that are inside that, uh, that organization. We talked to Blaine Smith when he was still with the organization. Um we know that it's it's becoming one of the most popular organizations in the veteran space. What drew you initially to Team RWB? How did you get involved? I initially found out about Team RWB when I was still living in California. I was I was looking for something to replace all that or not replace or add to or feel comfortable with with the things that you get in the military. You get you have so much camaraderie, you have so much, so many things in common. Um, and I kind of missed all that. And so I found team RWB while I was in California and I can't remember why I never, never, um, really joined up then. But when I moved here to North Carolina, I looked it up again and I said, said, this sounds like a great organization. Initially it looked like a running organization and I'm not, I'm like a turtle runner. So I said, well, I'll take the chance. Um, it was a little dormant here in Raleigh, Durham when I joined up and now it's taken off and team red, red, white, and blue team RWB has really, really been a lifesaver for me. Um, I was at a place where I was seeing, seeing, I, I, I'm a nurse and I worked emergency room and trauma in South Central Los Angeles for over half of my career, plus my military nursing. Um, and I was a reserve police officer. And so I was seeing a big slideshow of dead, stabbed, beat, and traumatized human beings. And I was kind of in a, in a hard place. And with Team Red, White, and Blue, um, we're a family and I feel the camaraderie and I feel the love and I feel, I feel that someone, we are all there for each other. The other thing is, is, is also tr- having veterans in team red, white, and blue integrate with their community is just an incredible thing. And so the non-veterans can get, get to know us and we can successfully integrate into our community. Yeah, you mentioned that you're a turtle runner. the The few times that I have uh, gone out on runs with the uh, with my local chapter and in, in the neighborhoods that I have here, uh, I just bring my dog and I just walk. I don't, I don't even bother running. Like I, it's like if I'm going to enjoy this, it's going to be while I'm not running. I, I think that's probably a good thing. But but really, what Team Red, White, and Blue one of the other things has done is is 
I've learned you don't have to be the fastest and you don't have to be the best. What you do have to be is someone who will just get up off the couch and do it and just get up and do something with your life. And for someone like me who is in, I'm 65 years old, so I'm no kid, but uh, um, I'm up and going all day, every day. And Team Red, Wine, Blue has really helped me do that. Last year, I participated in somewhere over 100 events. Whoa. Are you serious? Wow. That's uh, a... No, I'm not kidding at all. (laughs) (laughs) For like formal, formal events, everything from volunteering, volunteering at our local rescue mission to volunteering at water stations to running, you know, races to rucking to hiking to rock wall climbing. I mean, and then um, twice a month, our team Red, White, and Blue joins the VFW, and we we help um, our veterans in the long term care center at the VA with bingo. So we do a lot, a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's very cool. I'm glad to hear that you ruck. I have I've recently become a rucker myself and I, I much prefer the walking with weight to the running with no weight. You know, I am with you on that. <laughs> yeah. You know, so uh, over 100 events last year. I mean, that's that's nearly a third of your year being spent doing these activities. Um tell me about the the mental reward, the emotional reward you get from that. I I just feel good for a lot of reasons. I feel good because of the people. I mean, the people are really inspirational in Team Red, White, and Blue. All of us, whether it be veteran or not veteran, we all have a story. We're all so accepting of each other because of who you are, where you're from, and what your background is. Um, I feel good because, because physically I've really challenged myself. And, um, you know, I'm doing things now that I thought maybe I wouldn't do. For instance, I ran my first five mile race in Washington, D.C. this past year. So um, and what else do I get out of? I just get the sense of family, the sense of community. Yeah, that's cool. You said you mentioned a bunch of things that you did. You just gave a nod to rucking. What other events, what other activities uh, do you find exciting? Do you look forward to get the opportunity to do? I really, I really, really enjoy our community volunteer activities. Like we have a event coming up on on um, Good Friday on March 30th, where we volunteer with the Durham Rescue Mission. Um, they have a big Easter event, and our team Red, White, and Blue we assist in running the kids' games and and helping serve the food and whatever else they need us for. So I really like all the volunteer events. Um, for sure. Um, I like, I like doing some of the runs because I really challenge myself with that. And at the age of many times in some of these runs, I'm the only one in my age group over 65. I really, really like hiking. Um, hiking is we can hike in Umstead park. Um, I've gone hiking in Sicily and I'm going hiking in Iceland in June. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Absolutely. My my wife and I are are hoping to start section hiking the Appalachian Trail this year. Oh, uh, uh, well, I'd love to do that. That that's kind of been on my bucket list. Yeah, we we know that there's never going to be a time in our lives where we can both just take out 6 months of our lives to hike the whole thing, but we're we're pretty confident that if we if we're uh, determined we can section hike it. And so we're actually going to start with the Maryland portion, which is only 41 miles. So it's a long weekend and hoping that getting an entire state out of the way will motivate us to, to do more. I think that's fantastic. And the other things we do is I am an artist. 
um, I'm a painter. And so I put on a t- little team ride, a red, white, and blue event where I think we had eight people and it came and we all painted together and, and they really, really enjoyed it. And hopefully I'm going to schedule one soon with that. Yeah. How, how long have you been doing art? I actually, I've always been kind of artistically inclined, but with all my jobs, I was in the military, I had a civilian job, and I was a reserve cop for LAPD, so I was kind of busy to do any artwork. So once I retired, um, I started taking watercolor classes, and I came here in 2017, so I started taking classes here, and then from watercolor, I switched to acrylics, and I do Zentangle, so I do a lot, a lot of different kinds of art, so... I'm loving it. I have a painting right now. It's actually a, um, a really inspirational team red, white, and blue person that's almost finished, and I've put 75 hours in it so far. Holy smokes. That's, uh, that's a lot of time for one thing. I, uh, I commend you for that. What do you, what do, you, what do, you do with your art? It's going to be well worth it. What's you, that? Yeah, what do, you, what do you do with your art? Do you show it? Do you sell it? Do you just hang it up in your house and admire it? What, what, what do you do with your art when you're finished with it? Well, you know, if you sell it, that becomes a job. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, like, I'm thinking a job is not in my in my um, life right now. Um, but I'm so busy. Um, so what I do with this, so sometimes I paint like American flags. And once I paint an American flag with a Marine Corps flag, I gift them for free to veterans. And if somebody says to me, I really like that painting, I'll just say, okay, you can take that painting. Um, the last three paintings I've done, one of a World War II vet who's a family friend, eventually I put them into shows. So right now I've, I've got three pieces in the Veterans Creative Art Show in Durham and waiting for those to be judged in March. And that's kind of all I do with it. I like to give away things. What am I going to do with all these pictures? <laughs> Yeah, right. Like I, I was like, oh, that was fun. I'm glad I made that. I don't have anywhere to put it, but it's, it's done. Yeah, yeah. So I, I give it, and people do ask me if I do commission. I would really rather not because, like I said, that becomes a job. And and for me, for me, um, artwork is my time to tune out, unwind, and create. Yeah, very cool. Um, I know there's probably uh, plenty of Team RDB members in the audience, um, and so I'd like to get your insight on sort of community recruitment and engagement. How do you make people aware of your Team RDB chapter, and how do you keep them engaged? Um, I think uh, most of us, most of us are in, I call it constant team, team RWB mode all the time. Like a good example is today is Wear Your Eagle Wednesday. So when I go to the gym, I wear my, wear one of my team RWB shirts and I always wear, wear a couple of the RWB bracelets on my wrist so I can, you know, keep one and give one to someone else. Um, if I meet veterans anywhere in my art classes, um, out in the community, I see a veteran's hat on. I actually go up and talk to him. I say, Oh, have you heard about team RWB? So I, I gauge everywhere I go. Um, two of us did a, did uh had the rwb table at a community church this weekend it was uh it was a ministry for military spouses so we brought the table there and we gave out lots of rwb info and bracelets and encouraged people to sign up yeah very cool uh tell me give me tell me about a skill set or an experience that you received in the marine corps or i'm sorry not the marine corps in the military so you mentioned the marine corps flag you got me all excited uh what <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell me about a skill set or an experience that you received in the military that contributes to your success today. 
I think that one of the skill, biggest skills for me is learning how to be, learning how to be a leader. And when I say learning how to be the leader, not because, you know, I think I'm the guy on top, learning how to be a leader, leader is a special set of things to, to learn how to number one, communicate with the people you work with to, to, um, uh, what am I trying to say to, to settle, I, I guess I call it settling down, not get angry, not get upset, see both sides of everything, um, and just accept people as they are. So so this this um, interview is, is part of a series that we're doing in March in support of um, the Center for Women Veterans Initiative on Recognizing Women Veteran Athletes as a part of Women's History Month. Um, you, you were... In the mil, you know, there's been a lot of evolution in the military and in the in the veteran space on recognizing uh, women service members and recognizing women veterans. Can you just speak on uh, your observation of that evolution and what it's been like to see that grow and 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 develop more? Oh no. I just think it's amazing because when I went in in 74, women in the military um, historically only had like four choices, just like the civilian world. We're either either nurses, secretaries, um, teachers, or got married and had kids. So so the jobs that were open were always background jobs, were always, always um, you know, women were just kind of like significant little people behind typewriters or, or changing bedpans as people thought we did. Um, so I think, I think it's taken a long, long, long time. I mean, it was the seventies when I was in, when the first women got admitted into the academies, it was like 1976. And when the first women were allowed to fly, but people forgot about the wasp in the forties that flew and basically at the end of the war, just got tossed to the curbside and didn't have any veterans benefits. So, so I think that the restrictions on women in the military is a man problem, meaning <laughs> the women don't have any problem. And if you brought the draft back, the women would sign up for the draft. So I think we're certainly finally in the right direction. And I'm really thrilled about all the changes. Yeah, cool. Uh, tell me about a, uh, a veteran or a veteran organization that you're familiar with um, other than Team RWB. Um, that has you excited about what they're doing right now? Team Rubicon. I also belong to that. So, yeah, Team Rubicon is basically uh, basically the disaster preparedness yeah. group group, uh, and it follows some of the some of the same things that the Team RWB. It is not all veterans. It also reaches out to the community, and it was started by a guy named Jake Wood, who's a Marine Corps vet. Uh, it's another amazing organization. They are out there in the community, not only doing, they do um, disaster response all over, and they get called to do disaster response everywhere from Puerto Rico all the way to um, Hurricane Harvey and Hurricane Ir- Irma. I remember I manned the phones, um, the cleanup crisis line for Team Rubicon during those two hurricanes. Um, they also um, get out with their community once once a month here in the Raleigh-Durham area. There is um, some kind of build going on. They hook up with Habitat for Humanity, and we help build houses, build houses or tear down houses, whatever is needed. Yeah, you you are an active person. My goodness, Team RWB, Team Rubicon, like that's uh, that is some boots <laughs> on the ground stuff. You, I'm sure it's never a dull moment in your life right now. 
You know what? I, I'll tell you, I need to retire from retirement. And one thing I can say about that is historically people, I think historically our society doesn't, does not sometimes see the value. And I quote, I quote uh, with seniors because of my age, I'm 65 years old, but age is just a number. And, and, as, and the most important thing, a lot, of, I think for a lot of the newer vets is getting out there and getting involved with the community and just getting boots on the ground. And I'm just kind of one of those maybe exceptional people that, that represent the people in my age group that say, yeah, that's really important to me too. You know, I'm not, I don't want to sit around and tell war stories. Yeah. I like to tell war stories, but I'm not going to sit around and tell war stories. I want to get out there with my community. I want to do something for the greater good. I want to do something to help you, whether you be a civilian or a veteran. That's awesome. Bernie, thank you so much. This has been a wonderful interview. You've been very inspiring. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your service to our country. And thank you for your continued service to not only veterans, but your community down there in North Carolina. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. When my husband came home from Vietnam, he didn't really look into all his VA benefits. But now I've got some health issues, and I'm glad VA is there for me. To learn what benefits you may be eligible for, visit www.va.gov. If you want to follow along with other initiatives from the Center for Women Veterans, including the Women Veteran Athletes Initiative, go to va.gov slash womenvet. This week's Medal of Honor citation reading is for Bernard Shields. And this is possibly the shortest Medal of Honor citation that I have seen yet. He was in the United States Army, rank of private. Division was Company E, 2nd West Virginia Cavalry. This is from the Civil War Conflict. Year of Honor is 1865. Citation reads, Capture of flag of the Washington Artillery. We honor his service. Thank you so much for listening to episode 88. Really appreciate your time. I know there's a lot of options out there for entertainment, so I appreciate you taking the time to listen to these powerful veteran stories. I know that you enjoyed my interview with Bernie. Uh, she's a wonderful character. It was a true pleasure talking to her. You can find us in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search Born the Battle if you have not already. You can subscribe there and leave us a, leave us a rating and review. That's truly appreciated as well. Helps us reach a further audience and get these stories out to the people. Hope everybody enjoys the rest of their week. I'm Timothy Lawson, signing off. <music>